Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to episode three of our Spiritual Life series based on the excellent work of Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum of Ariel Ministries. Please visit them at Ariel, that's A-R-I-E-L, dot O-R-G for a complete treatment on this topic. Speaking of web links, I recently updated the links to my website. I am now at livingspiritually.life. That's living spiritually, all one word, dot life. Simple enough, right? You can also search in iTunes under the name of Chimacho Velasco. What? Let me spell that for you. T-I-M-O-T-E-O Velasco, V-E-L-A-S-C-O. Or uh, for the title, The Spiritual Life. I'm also on Google Play for those who have the other phones. <laughs> As you can see, I'm an Apple guy. I'm recording this today from beautiful but rainy Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I quote, located in the southwest of the state, the confluence of the Allegheny Monongahela, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce that. I think that's what it is, and Ohio rivers. Okay, speak of rivers and rain, I had the opportunity to see the Missouri River while, over, while overflying Omaha, Nebraska a couple days ago. And uh, it was uh, very sad to see. In 25 years of flying, I have never seen such flooding. Lord have mercy. I had a couple that used to attend our church. I didn't know them personally that moved to that area and were affected by those terrible floods. So let's pray for those in need, shall we? Lord, we come before you as you commanded us to do, and we pray for those affected by these terrible floods. And we especially pray for our brothers and sisters who have lost homes or had crops damaged or destroyed. Lord, God, we wait on you and we ask for your mercies. In the name of Jesus, Yeshua, our Messiah, amen. Okay, here's the review. We saw last episode that there are three characteristics of the spiritual life, and we explored the first uh, one in four parts. Uh, really simple. Uh, people should be able to see it. Now, uh, please don't go around with a little notebook taking notes on your fellow believers, okay? If you have a notebook, start by sitting down in front of a mirror and looking into your own eyes prayerfully and take notes then. In fact, this is an excellent time to put a plug in for a prayer journal. Do you have one? Just get a little book and write it down. Go to the dollar store for a dollar, right, with a date, and uh, preferably, and, and just put there your prayers, your praises, whatever else you and the Lord are discussing. I've been doing that for 20 years, and it's awesome to go back and see what the Lord has done in my life. I promise you it will be a blessing to you and maybe to others as well. I recommend being completely honest there. So let's get back to the review, shall we? So we saw that true biblical spirituality should be evident in the believer. And we looked on one area in four parts where we should see the evidence. We should have a Messiah-like perspective, a Jesus-like perspective on life. We looked at four verses that back this up. We looked at Galatians 2.20, which tells us to live by faith, trusting that God's got this. Galatians 5.22 and 23, which tells us to desire, to want, to develop, not on our own. They're fruits of the Spirit, right? Not fruits of the flesh. They, these are love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. Great verse to memorize. 1 Peter 2.21, which tells us to follow in Jesus' steps, understanding that suffering in this life is a fact of life, but nothing lasts forever in this life. Amen to that. And finally, 1 John 2.6, where we're told to, quote, move in with Jesus. The reality, again, is that he has moved in with us. As believers, he lives in us. Lord, help us to understand what that means, please. Help us to live knowing that our, your son is in us and with us always. In his name we pray, amen. Before we dive into today's uh, 
today's lesson on knowledge, by the way, let's zoom up to 35,000 feet and look where we're going with this. Okay, so there are three characteristics to, three, to true biblical spirituality. Three, okay? The first one is that you should be able to see it. That's what we're looking at now. And this is what we explored last week in terms of having a Messiah-like perspective. Today, we're going to explore another area under the, this heading and of, of being able to see it in the believer, being evident in the believer. And this will be the ever-popular area of knowledge. Next, next episode, we will look at the two final areas under evident and a believer and look at attitude and conduct. Might have to split that into two. Again, you can always follow along on the outline that I'll provide. So let's talk about knowledge. In a world that prizes, quote, if it feels good, do it, knowledge is something that is not very popular, right? Particularly in American Christianity, as I see it, uh, it seems to me that people are more interested in an emotional connection at church rather than a, quote, mind meld, right, with the Bible. Well, how about that Vulcan Star Trek reference? Yep, I like sci-fi. Now, the beauty here is that we are made in the image of God. And that simply means that we have intelligence, knowledge, right? Emotion, heart, and volition, which is a fancy way to say the ability to choose. Unfortunately, we sometimes choose with our emotions to the neglect of our minds. And sometimes we go full Vulcan, if you will, and try to overanalyze the snot out of every decision. I can hear you say, Get to your point, dude. How do I do this? So glad you asked. The Bible's got the goods here. You just can't live the spiritual life without knowledge of the Bible. Guess what? The only way that is going to happen is if you study it. You can't get it through osmosis. Wow, good science reference there. You've got to get in it. And here is where the interest level drops tremendously. People just can't seem to get with it in this area. Why? And I'm going to submit to you that for many people, it's because they don't ask. They try to do it on their own. And that was me. Get your helmet on. Here comes a light Bible thumping. We're going to read from James. James, the brother of Jesus. On a side note, how would you like to have Jesus, the son of God, for your earthly brother? That's another episode. So James, in chapter 4 of his letter, I'm reading from the NLT here, says this. What is cause, causing you quarrels and fights among you? He asked, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Man, I can sympathize with that. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what you others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And, when, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure, emotion, okay? You adulterers, wow, that's harsh. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. Boy, better pay attention, right? If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Well, James, that hurt. But the truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? I remember reading that and being angry. First at James, then at God, and then finally at myself. I kept hearing the refrain, friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. Now, let me caution you here, not to go beyond what is written. There was a time in early Christianity where things were freaky bad, okay? The Roman Empire was falling, stability in the world was nowhere to be seen, and poof, the monastic movement started. People started living alone in caves as a way to be close to God. Uh, 
Did they even read what God said to Elijah the prophet when he hid in a cave? Clearly not. The monastic movement was driven by emotions, not knowledge. A movement that produced some good things but destroyed many others and many people as well. I don't have time here to get into this, but what I want to tell you is this. Jesus was a friend of sinners. They accused him falsely, falsely of being a glutton and a drunkard. Go where the fish are, my friend, but don't go there without knowledge, Bible knowledge. You'll get eaten up. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, and Hebrews 5, 14 are great verses that talk about this area of knowledge in the spiritual life. They both speak about eating solid food. Our prayer here is, Lord, help us to desire. Lord, help us to have the desire to desire solid food, Lord God. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Messiah. I can hear you saying, okay, great, Tim, but where shall I acquire such biblical knowledge? I'm glad you asked. First, you're listening to this podcast, right? Surely not because of my sultry voice, but because you are on, and, and by the way, the poor audio quality, which I hope to improve next time, but because you're on a quest, a spiritual quest, a pilgrimage. Now, please, please, I beg you, visit ariel.org, A-R-I-E-L.org, and go to the Come and See program. Start there. It's free. Free. Okay. We're done here today. Next episode, we are going to look at the final two areas under evident in the believer. That is attitude and conduct. See you next time. And don't forget the outline at livingspirituallyallone.life. Signing off from Pittsburgh. Shalom, y'all. That is peace. <laughs>